0: with all kinds of clarity, and, and some weeks they come together like a jumbled mess, um, so regardless of what kind of week it was, Sunday still comes, and so I'll let you be the judge of what kind of week I had, alright? Um, just real quick, we, we're messing with the new presentation software, and our when we were singing those words were pretty small, so those will be bigger next week, and I hope you can see those this week. Okay, sorry, verse 12. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. This is God's word. We finished the uh, beatitudes last week. Blessed are the persecuted. And we're going to take a three-week break from the Sermon on the Mount and from Matthew's gospel as a whole. And Joe is going to pick that back up for us on the Fourth of July. Uh, as Jesus keeps going into, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are to see on a hill. Uh, and uh, I'm, so I'm looking forward. ...to that, and also reminding you of that. Um, (laughs) So, uh, for the next three weeks, I want to spend some time in this passage, in in 1 Corinthians 3, which is um, fairly intense as we read it. um, As Paul is admonishing um, the church here and and us today to order our lives uh, collectively, to order how our our church um, functions... ...in a way that at the day of the Lord, when our work as disciples is tested... Okay, when when my work as a pastor and a teacher is tested, that we pass through the fire uh, unscathed. Okay, that our work on that day uh, is revealed to be gold and silver and precious stones, and not wood, hay, and straw that burns up. Okay, discovering on that day, finding out that we really did build on solid uh, building uh, material. Brian said amen, right? The real the real stuff. So just, we're in chapter 3, so let me just do chapter 1 and chapter 2 uh, really quickly. Uh, chapter 1, Paul's admonishing them that the gospel has come to them in power, and that the Spirit is working in them uh, to keep them on a narrow path so that they inherit eternal life, okay? The Corinthian church has all the spiritual gifts and some maybe not so spiritual gifts, and Paul says it's given to you, not so you guys can say, hey, look at my spiritual gift, but so that you stay on a narrow path, so that you follow Jesus um, all the way, and that they're found guiltless at the day of the Lord. Then he says, "You guys have divisions, and your divisions are stupid." Okay, he says you're acting like children, and he reminds them. It's, it, and I'm reminding us. And and where's Sierra? You're here. Um, uh, this, this week, I read uh, the Sermon on the Mount in Luke 6, and he talks about the plank in your eye, and the speck in other people's, and it's just been a horrible week for me, okay, <laughs> just like, anyway, um, so he writes to the church, and he says, look guys, God didn't call you because you're awesome. Because you're pretty, or you're smart, or whatever, he called you in, in Corinth. Because God's uh, God's way to display His wisdom to the world is to find the worst group of people He can and save them and put them on display. Okay, so you can't be cocky or boastful. Chapter 2, that's chapter 1. Chapter 2, he reminds them that his message is not the message of the philosophers of Plato and Aristotle and whatever other Greek person there, but Paul's message to them was Christ and him crucified. He said, that's the only thing I know, and that's the only thing I want you to know. And this message, chapter 2, was also confirmed By the power of the Spirit. Paul preached the message and the Spirit confirmed it by doing the stuff. Which leads into chapter 3 where we will pick up chapter 3 verse 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people but as people of flesh, of infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, um, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving in a human way? So spiritual just means of the Holy Spirit, right? Not like, woo, it just means if you're spiritual, you're full of the Spirit, okay? And if you walk according to the Spirit... You mature, right? You you grow, and you, you start as a little boy, and and you become a man. If you're not full of the Spirit, you you bicker like little kids the rest of your life. And Paul's writing to them pretty pointedly and saying, "Grow up, guys! You receive the Spirit of God, and if you're walking according to that Spirit, you're going to grow up." And so, I, as a, a note to us, and as a note to if you you know you live here young and you grow up and move away and join another church. Um, the easy way to tell that a church is filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit is not by how much they speak in tongues. It's by how much they mature and don't act like immature little kids. Okay, So I want to say we are led by the Spirit here. Okay, We want to grow up and, and be mature. Verse 4, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Are you not acting like people who don't have the Spirit of God? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They're just servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. So Paul's going to receive his wages according to the labor that he built there, which gets into what I want us to talk about today, building and so ordering our, uh, uh, organizing our church so that it's on a solid um, foundation and just building on the one that started in 1896. We're just next up, guys. We're just next. And in 20 years, someone else will be next and build on that foundation. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers... You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it, okay? So Paul comes, Christ in him crucified, is laid. That's the foundation for the church. That's how their assembly began. If there's no gospel, there's no church at all to build upon. And so since that's been laid, let each one take care how he builds on it. Meaning, it matters what you do, how you order your life, after you've believed, after you've received this message of Christ and Him crucified, now take care how you build on the foundation. Does that make sense? Okay, because Paul's going to get, like, real confusing later, so there's the stuff we can grasp when you go, okay, I got it. Alright, verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is... Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold or silver or precious stones, enduring materials, okay, that when fire comes, they come out looking even better, or wood, hay, and straw, perishable materials, when fire comes, they're, they're gone. Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, survives what? Fire, right? The, The day, capital D, day here. He will receive a reward. Verse 15, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Which, that's the confusing part there. Okay, so a lot going on here. Uh, If I could just recommend to you, if you're new to Bible reading, um, you know, read your Old Testament. Read James and read Peter and read Jesus and maybe wait on John and Paul because I don't know what the heck they're talking about most of the time. Peter and James and Jesus, I'm like, okay, you're speaking to, to normal people. You guys are somewhere out there. Okay, all that. Nevertheless, one point is clear. How we build on the foundation of Christ and Him crucified, matters. Okay? How we build. We receive this message. Christ died for our sins. He went into a tomb. He rose up out of that thing, ascended into heaven, sent the Spirit, and He's coming back. How we build upon that, how we order our lives after that, matters. Okay? Because what we've built upon and how we've built will be tested by fire on the day. So the primary point that Paul is making is that our teaching here in 1 Corinthians 3, our teaching is going to be tested on that day. And so if our teaching is the sort that girds people up, okay, that encourages people to persevere to the end, that's going to stand. If it's the kind of teaching that prepares people for suffering, that's going to stand. That encourages people to press on in the midst of difficulty, that's going to stand. That's, I mean, that's, the fire's going to come, and those who have believed that and heard that and ordered their lives to that are going to stand, and we're going to see that work was gold and silver and, 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 and precious metals, okay? When fire comes, when the world caves in, this is what they're shown as, and this is what the teaching is shown as, okay? So, um, anyway, so uh, good, good teachers, good coaches, they're honest with people on the front end, Right? it's a really horrible thing to tell someone something's going to be easy when it's actually going to be hard. Okay, my um, my freshman year at NOC was the, the the hardest thing I've ever done was called a twenty-one ladder. Okay, so that was our preseason conditioning thing is one is one, okay, and then you do three, you go so you're one, two, three, and then one, and you do that all the way up to twenty one. By the end I've never done anything harder than that in my entire life. Okay, and I've, I've been running since I was this big. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. But on the very first day of practice, our coach said, this is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm, this is going to be – and he, he, he had played pro ball in, in Europe and Division I. He like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. He said it's going to be hard, so just gird yourself up for it to be hard, and, and you can do it, okay? They don't say things will be easy if they're going to be hard. But if our teaching is the sort that that girds people up to think that they're just going to have ease and comfort all the time, and if it's the kind of teaching that doesn't prepare people for suffering, and it doesn't encourage people to press on when difficulty comes, when the fire comes, and when the world caves in, you know what their work is going to be shown as? Wood and hay and straw. Fire's going to come and it's going to burn it up because it wasn't built on the right foundation. It wasn't made of the stuff that will stand. When that fire comes, that work is burnt up. And what Paul's saying here is kind of interesting. It's not their work built up. It's the work of the builder. Okay? He said, because their work's going to be burnt up. They're going to escape somehow, although through fire. So Paul is saying, like, the main thing is stop arguing about Paul. Stop arguing about Apollos, okay? The Lord's going to sort that out on that day. Fire's going to come, and it's going to burn up, and then we'll see whether this person was teaching right or this person was not. But right now, you guys are just arguing and bickering, and you need to stop it, okay? Put your hope and your trust and your anchor in the day of the Lord, and the fire to come that's going to test and show you, okay? The fire's going to reveal the work for what it is. This is why James can say that teachers will be judged more strictly. Because if they're just handing out people wood and hay and straw, they're going to be judged on that. day. Their work will be burned up. That's why Hebrews 13 says that the teachers are going to be held accountable to the Lord for what they've taught. Okay, And that's terrifying as someone who does this pretty regularly it's a sobering reality and should bring fear and trembling into all our lives, especially those who labor in teaching, okay? Especially those who say, this is what God has said, okay? And it might look nice now, right, whatever. Doctor, hey, welcome back. Sorry. Hi. Wow. Sorry. Wow. What a happy Sunday. Okay. Um Sorry, so point is, Paul wants to, I want to, after the day of the Lord, I want to be able to look at, at you,, okay, at, at, at our congregation, at our members, and, and look you in the eye. And you be able to say to me with honesty that what you taught and the foundation that you aim to build on prepared us for suffering when it came, and it encouraged us to persevere, and it girded us up to keep following Jesus when it was hard to follow Jesus. That's what I want you to be able to say. And that's – and I – the people that have spoken into my life, I know I'm going to be able to say that to them, okay? I haven't had people tell me this is just going to be the – you remember Arthur uh, who who preached here last November – the only black guy to preach here since Pastor Derek, okay. Uh, I I was on the phone with him one time and I I was, I was complaining. And he said, uh, he didn't say, oh, he said, what did you expect, man? Tough it up. No one said, you know, no one said it'd be easy and like, that's what, that's what Paul's doing here. He wants to gird people up. For, for um, what's hard. So I'm saying what we build on, in, in, on the foundation in regards to our teaching, really, really matters because the day is going to disclose it. That, that's Paul's point here. The day is going to reveal whether our teaching prepared people to endure, so to, to come out and be purified by fire, or if our teaching promised them ease and escape from fire altogether. Okay? That's dangerous. Paul says that's going to be burn up, and the day is going to disclose those things, no matter how it looks now. Because on the outside, it might look the same. Okay, Um, I put in a window one time, (laughs) and the way it functions, it looks the same. The way it functions versus the one my, – my friend Jordan Jones, I, I went to school with him, and he does all things carpentry. The one he put in, they look the same. They operate very differently when it's time to – you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what's going on with teaching here. Okay, so I think there's also implication not just for our teaching but also for our practice. Okay, how we order ourselves in regard to the day and fire revealing, whether it's precious material or not. How we build in regard to teaching matters and how we build in regard to practice matters, right? I told the little kids this morning, you can say you love your parents all you want, but when it's time to get ready for church, do you really love them? Do you really get out of bed? You know what I mean? Elijah said he did. He loves his parents very much. That's why he's here, Okay. Which um, brings us to the, the little piece of paper um, here. again, if you, you should have had that emailed, uh, and it's also here in print today. On uh, April 26th, our elders uh, agreed to begin the process of adopting a church covenant. okay? So I said, agreed to the process. Our church is congregationally governed, means we vote on stuff because that's what the Bible teaches. okay? So we don't have a pope, we don't have a presbytery, we have a congregation, and that's who does these things. So the church covenant is a set of commitments our church will aim to live out together in love for Jesus, in love for each other, and in love for the world until the Lord becomes, right? Until this day reveals what we are. Um, and this proposal, should we adopt it, is going to change how we practice membership, Okay, how we, how we do some things. It's for, for changing how we labor uh, or go about the Lord's labor of building the church in such a way that it can stand when the fire comes, because again, like I'm just First Corinthians three is pounding on me all week long. Like God, you're going to test what we've done here. You're going to test what we've taught. You're going to test how how we've organized ourselves um, in your name, whether or not it, it, it was real. Okay, so we want our teaching to be in accord with the Scripture, so that it stands the test. Okay, that was the that was the whole point behind adopting a, a statement of faith in 2019. Like God, I want us to all agree to believe this. The, these important doctrines that are life and death things. Okay, that that was the point. It wasn't so we could have more hoops to jump through. Nobody wants more paperwork. I certainly don't. But it, it, it's because this is real. Because this is real, we said, okay, we need to all believe that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and we need to all believe that that God is a Trinity, that He is three in one. Like important things, we need to. Believe, and it's not just our teaching, but our practice to be in accord with the scriptures, so that we endure the day of fire. Okay? So that's the point of the covenant. It's a mechanism for building not just our teaching, but our practice in a way that lives like the day of the Lord is real. Okay? Like that's, that, everything comes down to that. Whether or not you think Jesus is really going to judge us on that day. If that's real, it changes how you live, and we're really going to be held accountable for how we ordered our lives together. So this is what we're committed to believe, the statement of faith. We're committed to believe this together before the day of the Lord, and this is how we are committed to live. Okay, And how are we committed to live um, the way the church always has been committed to live? With devotion and intention. Okay, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves They didn't dip their toe into the thing. (laughs) They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. They gave their lives to these things. That's the model of the assembly. And the rest of your New Testament, those those epistles and letters, are the apostles and, and guys who aren't apostles writing to the church and saying, Hey, because the day of the Lord is real, this is how you know the truth. And this is how you proclaim the truth. And this is how you love one another in the truth. That's what all the letters, like it really simplifies things. The day the Lord's coming, you're following Jesus, here's how you do it. Here's how I encourage you to do that, okay? It's teaching local assemblies um, to be committed to the gospel and to each other, and teaching local assemblies how to endure the day in their teaching and practice, okay? So it's just how we tell people on the front end and remind them, and each other along the way of what we expect of one another and how we're agreeing to live together. So I'm just going to blow through this thing real quick. Did, did anyone read? Have you guys read it yet? Just raise your hand. Okay, cool. So you didn't read it. So uh, August 20. Well, yeah, I know you did, Helen Gold Star. All right, <laughs> August 29th. Okay, so way in the future, it'll be even hotter then. August 29th, September fifth, and September twelfth, uh, we're gonna teach through these things on Sunday morning. So that will be our that'll be our Sunday morning deal. Lord willing, you know. Um, and then after that, the, the board will determine like a voting date for that. So this is not something like here you go today. What do you think? This is preparing you for September. Okay, so pick one of those up and read it sometime between now and September, please. So I'll just go through it now. I think we have it up there. Uh, here's, and so here's what it is. In view of God's mercy and grace, and by the power of His Spirit, we commit to the unity of our church through affirming our statement of faith. So those core doctrines that we adopted in 2019, that's what our members are committed to believing together. Okay? Jude 1.3, I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once delivered for all the saints. This is what we're going to commit ourselves to—to to contend for that faith. Let it be serving and, and caring um, for our members in love. So, because the day of the Lord is real, our commitment to one another is to lay down our lives and serve one another. Right? Because the day is real. That's what it means. And here's what's cool about doing this in a church that's over a hundred years old—is we don't have to say, "Oh, what does this look like?" We're already doing it. You know what I mean? Like, if you know any members of our church. You've seen this in action. You've seen them love and care for one another. And now we're just saying, yeah, we're all committing to do it. Romans 14, 19. Let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. Philippians 2. Each of you should look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, the same as that of Jesus Christ, who took on the very nature of a servant. This is what we're going to commit to do for each other. Let her see. We're refusing gossip and corrupt talk. Okay? Because the day of the Lord is real. We're not going to be the water cooler or the Facebook comment section. That's not who we are. We're going to refuse these things. Instead, we're committed to Ephesians four twenty nine. And we're going to let no corrupting talk come out of our mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So when you join the church, you're, this is what you would commit to de following our leaders. We're going to take great care and have, you know, to, to select and affirm our leaders according to the Scripture. And we're going to follow them so long as they follow the scriptures. Okay? If our leadership stops following the scriptures, you guys need to run them out. That's your job. Okay, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be no advantage to you. Okay, I've been able to do this with joy, guys, because you guys obey this, really. Second. We commit to the mission of our church through a discipling. Because the day of the Lord is real, because our work will be tested to be a member of our family means committing to share the word of God with each other. Okay, And that happens Sunday morning at 9 a.m. You guys are doing that here and here and here. And it's happening more and more and more and more um, throughout the week. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. You have to have this to endure to the end. Letter B evangelizing. Our family's going to share the gospel with people. We're going to freely give away what we freely receive. Luke fourteen twenty three. The master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the byways and the hedges. Compel people to come in that my house may be filled. This is what we're committing to, and then contributing our spiritual gifts. First Peter four ten. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The third section is this. We commit to the testimony of our church through participating in corporate worship. Okay? Meaning, being part of the family means enjoying the family meal. Right? You Get to come to the table. Hebrews 10.24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what a church covenant is for. To stir one another up to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more. Why? Because the day's drawing near. <laughs> so we gather to encourage one another in light of that day. B, by living a holy life. Okay? So this, you need to know yourself a little bit better. I, I know this about myself. Left to myself, I won't live a holy life. I just won't do it. But with a family that's committed to my spiritual well-being, with, with a, a group of believers that are saying, Josh, go, 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 endure, persevere, follow Jesus, guess what? I'm going to live a holy life. That's the point of the church, by the way. That, that's the deal. With, with, with people committed to me finishing the race and, those, and, and me committed to other people, we'll do this. Philippians 1.27, Only let your manner of life how you live, be worthy of the gospel of Christ, um, letter C supporting the church financially Daryl um, hit that pretty well, but this is what i 've been uh, uh, thinking about this week right now um, a lot of our our money is going to um, towards our new building it 's going to be awesome that 's going to be a wonderful tool um, for making disciples and gathering and worshiping and all and, and it 's a good tool okay. I have friends. Uh, who don't have a church building right now, and they wake up at 4 a.m. and set up chairs and do... I mean, it's a lot of work, okay? But I'm looking to a day, just thinking that if we're consistently in in, in giving what the Lord has given us, that someone in our body has a disaster and their house burns down, or someone has a, a medical emergency that there's just no way they could pay it, insurance, whatever, the whole deal, if you've ever walked down that road, it's so frustrating... I've got a day in mind where the house burns down, and we find out about it, and we've said, okay, we bought you a new house. That would be so cool, Amen. okay? Or, or someone has the medical emergency, no way they can pay, and and, and Gloria gets to call them and say, hey, um, someone came in and paid your bill, okay? Because we've just been regularly, consistently spending less on ourselves so we can spend more um on others, 2 Corinthians 8-7, as you excel in everything, see so that you excel also in this, in that instance, it's giving. And then the last one, prayerfully and soberly participating um, in the church's polity, that'll take a long time to deal with, that's why I'm telling you now, uh, so that in September we can talk about it, okay? So the the point of this, again, is not to make things harder or make things complicated or make things difficult. The point of this is that the day is going to test us with fire, and he says, take care how you build. Take care how how you order yourselves before this way. And so I want to have great respect for the day of the Lord. Okay, If the Lord says that he's bringing fire on that day to reveal what we've built, I want to believe him. Okay, I don't want to do the you know a little had this happen in class this morning too. Do you understand? And they had no idea. But they were nodding their head, yes. Okay? I don't want to do that to the Lord. I want to say, I really understand you. You're really gonna test with real fire, and you really said take care how you build in light of that day. And so I want us to order our teaching and our practice in light of that. Not for paperwork but because that's a real day, and we need to take care how we build. Okay, So in your handout, if you get that, I'll just say it again. Um, there's a potential timeline for how this works out. At the end of August, I'll, I'll teach through this more uh, explicitly and explain stuff more. Um, and if you got it, so if you pick it up today, which please pick it up, that means you have roughly 16 weeks to read it, pray about it, think about it, and ask questions. Okay? Like, I would just love to get to uh, August 29th, and you all could just preach the sermon for me. You mm-hmm. know Okay? And so if, if you read it and you think, you know what, this is going to help prepare us for the day, and it's going to help, gonna help um, show that our work was built with gold and silver and precious metal and not wood, hay, and straw, um, then, then vote yes. If you don't, vote no. Again, the beauty of a congregationally governed church. Okay? All right, let's pray. Um, Lord, I ask that um, we we've read it here that that the day will disclose what we've built upon, and the day will disclose whether it was gold and silver or wooden hay. And so now I ask, Lord, that we've heard it with our ears and and learned it in our mind that you would burn it on our hearts by the Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you just now um, begin to, to impress on our hearts, move on our hearts that the day is real? Not just on paper, but it's real. And the real Jesus... Real Messiah, the one who the Father has appointed to judge the living and the dead, is really going to to test our work. He's going to see what what foundation we built upon, and then what what we built on top of that foundation. So, Spirit, would you burn that on our on our hearts for our own lives, for as as individuals, and would you burn it on our hearts? Um, for our corporate life as a church, God, that we would order ourselves in light of that day and we would build in light of that day. Lord, I thank you for the table here that is the picture of the foundation of Christ and Him crucified. His life given for sinners, His body nailed to a cross for sinners. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen.